everyone, welcome back to another episode of the How We View It podcast. Uh, my name is Giselle Ayala and I'm one of your hosts for this podcast. I'm Kai Sanchez, I'm your other host for the podcast. For this episode of the podcast, we will be talking about Black History Month. And since it's February, it's February, what is it? 17th. 17th. So if it doesn't make it by the end of this month. We, d- we recorded it in February. I guess we should introduce our guest. Does anyone want to go first? Uh, my name is Mark Woods. Um, back again as a uh, not only MYC coordinator, but I have the honor of presenting my Black Student Union crew from Edison. Hello, my name is Kiviana. I'm from Edison and I'm a junior in high school. My name is Kayla and I'm a junior in high school as well. My name is Landry. I am a freshman in college. So uh, the first question that we have for you guys is why were you in the Black Student Union at Edison and why are you, are you guys a part of the Black Student Union currently? Um, Landry speaking. I was in Black Student Union because I feel like it gave us the safe, well, me specifically, it gave me a safe space to like really just embrace my culture, not only embrace it, but learn more about it and just like have a safe space to like just be real with each other and like speak my truth and be myself. This is Kayla. I joined because I saw a showcase that they did and they did something on like a history thing and I just wanted to learn more about it. So I joined the group. It's Kiviana, and the reason why I chose to join BSU because I, yes, I make a difference without BSU, but if I'm with BSU, it gives me more of opportunity to speak of like what I know, and it will be able to get spread it more. And being with Mark, which who understands us, like where we come from and how we do things outside of school. It gives us a looking like, okay, we just not joining no regular group. Like, yeah, it's not like a regular group. Like, we just not joining no group where it's a BSU, but it's like you feel at home. And that's what you, that's how you should feel when you in your culture, you should be, you should feel at home. So, since I have the opportunity, why not join it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can relate to all y'all because like NYC is kind of like that for me. Right. Okay. So what does Black History Month mean to you guys? Black History Month means to me, like, I feel like, yeah, we have our month, but it shouldn't just be one month. It should be the whole year. Because it's just like, we shouldn't be, like, pointed out, oh, okay, February, Black History Month. Like, yeah, that's a month that's dedicated to us. But it shouldn't just be that one month where we just see totally Black History Month. We should normalize it where it's like, every month every day not like it don't got to be every day because every day don't got to be about us but we should normalize it where it's every year and we just not seeing a whole lot of stuff at one time of the year and half of the time at edit not at edison well generally at edison we barely even get notified until our showcase come up so that's why i feel like that's where our problem is because so many people think okay black history month okay they want their time they want their whatever and half the time, we not even getting it in Black History Month. We just getting it in that month. I mean, that one day, my bad. And that's why I feel like we go wrong when Black History Month comes up. I just think we need to normalize it every single month or whatever we got to do to make it stretch across the whole year. That's what we need to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that we should learn more than just the basic facts. Because it's a lot of stuff that people don't know, and we're blind to the fact that our culture is something more than what people make it seem, and we don't really learn about it. So a lot of people, they, they be saying stuff and don't even know the facts or the history behind it. That's real. Um, I feel like Black History Month, I don't know, I feel like it's like weird because like, you know, Kayla and Kiviana said it def- we should definitely celebrate black history all year because America was built on black, like old black folks, black on black history. But um not only that, but like in black history during Black History Month, especially within like schools and stuff like that, we literally learn about the same stuff every year. Martin Luther King, Harriet Tubman, like the same four five people. But like 
I definitely feel like we should learn about it throughout the school year. Um, I mean, it's, it's great to like, you know, you mm -hmm. embrace black history and like black excellence and stuff, but like do that all year long, especially with the companies and stuff like that. Cause yeah. they will really like all year long, they'll be quiet on like black issues, black, you know, stuff that's going on within the black community. And then as soon as black history comes, black history month comes, they want to profit off of black, uh, black people. Like, even, um, I ain't gonna listen no, uh, I ain't gonna say no company. No, say your name, say but like, your name. No, like Carter's and stuff like that. Like, literally all, all of a sudden, cause they didn't do this last year. I feel like it was literally because of like, all the stuff that happened in 2020. Yeah. But they started making like, baby clothes with HBCUs on it. Like, I've never seen y'all do that. Like, y'all just profiting off of black people at this point. But um, that, they're not the only company that's doing it. Target, Target now got a section yeah. that's for like specifically black people and stuff like that. I'm like, are y'all just like, what What are y'all doing here? And I feel like it's, mm -hmm. especially because like the stuff that happened in 2020, but also because it's just black history. Yeah. Like it's have the same the energy throughout the same year, throughout the year that you do with black history. Right. Okay. And tagging off like what Landry said, it's like, Y'all want to make a change when we got to say something. We shouldn't have to say anything for y'all to make a change. Y'all should know to make a change to from what happened in our past. Like, not our past, but our ancestry past. Like, it shouldn't have to take so much. Okay, so there, there was a news article where LeBron James stated that Black History Month was American history. And I'm hearing you guys say the exact same thing where... Um, it sounds like exclusion instead of inclusion. Mm -hmm. And it's always a, a narrative switch of when they finally do something as like a tokenism to say we did something, then they're saying, well, don't complain about what you're getting is what I'm hearing. But I've, I've noticed a lot of people were mad at LeBron James for even stating that black history, you know, is year round the same way as, you know, uh, indigenous history month, there's a, there's a, women's history like there's history months for a lot of things but that shouldn't just um divest in the conversation the other 11 months and so is, is what i'm hearing you guys say like how do you guys feel about people who take that narrative and say you should just be happy you have one or is it one of those things where we have to work on equity in you guys' opinion they just taking whatever they're forgive them and being okay with it Technically, yep. So do you guys have like um, a way to offset that? Or is that part of what the BSU was for you? To me, that's what it was for me. Like going to the museums and uh, doing the redlining. Um, but if that's that equity, that understanding, um, not even limiting the BSU to like only black people, but just for black culture, yeah. is that yeah. something that matters um, I feel like if you accept less that's what they gonna get if you fight for more then I don't know if that's gonna change anything but at least you're trying to be heard and you're trying to be put out there because if you're just accepting oh well we got a month so it's fine that's yeah. not doing anything because we learned the same thing during the whole month like she said Martin Luther King Rosa Parks all of them but what about the inventors what about all the achievements and everything everybody else said mm -hmm. i feel like we should always be fighting for more because like i don't know i just feel like we should never settle for what we've been quote unquote given because like if you think about it especially like after the whole george floyd thing in 2020 like companies really started putting this like new face on like oh yeah we're here for black people like we're gonna do this we're gonna do that but like, is that really y'all mindset? Like, you do you really care for black people or are you just doing this because of the times that we're in? And of course y'all doing it because of the times that we're in. Like y'all not, y'all don't really, cause if y'all did care about black people, y'all would have been did that years ago. Like y'all would have made these new changes and arrangements years ago. So it wouldn't have just been coming in. Like, that's just how I feel. That's real. Yeah. And the crazy that's thing real. is, so you know how we had to protest, well, Okay, yeah, protest was the good thing about it, but then the looting is what they didn't find. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. They didn't like that part. <laughs> yeah, but like they could storm the Capitol and everything be okay. 
but when we break into Target. Wait a minute, who is we? <laughs> not, no, yeah. I ain't breaking the shit. <laughs> I mean, like, our people. That's true. Our people barely like, broke in the shit. Let's like, be completely honest. Well, it was, never it, mind. It, it, it was outside sources, one which was later proven to be a police officer okay. and agitators who did take the narrative. It was not even black people who were burning down exactly. quote unquote no, their own neighborhoods. A question that I had for you all uh, was if you guys had um, like a specific way you celebrated or how do you honor this month? Okay, I would say with the school, the showcase, that's the only part, but in our house, we don't celebrate um, Black History Month as it is as it a holiday because we do it every single day. We put in our culture every single day because mm-hmm. Black History Month, yeah, it's special to outsiders mm-hmm. that's not even looking in fully. So Black History Month in our house is basically, I feel like Black History Month is basically them, us showing them our culture. We don't celebrate it, no. It's our culture. That's what mm-hmm. we do every single day. The only thing I do in Black History Month talking about identity and that it's all year round a uh, part of you and stuff like that how do you guys identify because a lot of people don't like using black uh, to identify themselves or a lot of people identify with african-american how would you identify your personally yeah we're black we're african-american we're both of them that's who we are but when it comes to certain individuals saying that oh oh he black so that person, he gonna look at it, oh, what you trying to say? Like, not what you trying to say like that, but like, it's the way you say it and how you say it and how you present yourself when you say it. Cause growing up, how we grow up, we take that as offensive when it's not another person of our kind saying, oh, he black. Like you saying, oh, he black. Like. Okay, so, so are you, asking basically like the, the differential in how we would describe it or right when a Karen would call the police I'm sorry Mark I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> when a Karen would call, call the police first I'm like what he what she would say was oh he black so I feel like when she talked to the other on the other side of the end oh he black so that's basically giving them to like what if there's a Karen on the other side too so it's like, oh, you need a police officer over here right now, right now, right now. And he basically said, like, when they say, oh, he black, that means I feel like they be using it as, I, for, I don't know what I'm trying to say, y'all. But I know like I'm trying to say it. in a degrading way? Is that like a negative kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. So just the demonized version of if I label you black, yeah. then it benefits me as a white person. And that's where we're all black is what you're saying anyways. What? I'm asking. Are I you saying we're are you saying say. we're all black anyways, but it's only used in an outside narrative to demonize us? I feel like it's, if it's yeah. used yeah. in the proper no, if it's used in the proper context, like if a white person is trying to describe a black person, they'd be like, oh, you know, she's a black woman or she's a black man. Like I don't know. I feel like that's different than what you said when somebody a Karen is on the phone and she's like. Yes, he's a black male, like right. Because then they're using it in a demonized, in like a demonized way. No, no, this is completely off topic from the the, uh, question. But like knowing that if a woman calls the freaking police and she like, oh, it's a black man, you know, Mm -hmm. they hear black man, them cops is there in five seconds. They don't even gotta hear what the hell he's doing. If I call the cops and I say, oh, there's a white male 
you know, blah, blah, blah. They gonna wanna know all types of fucking questions. It's gonna take them two days and a goddamn round trip from Arizona back here to get to fucking wherever I'm at. Literally, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Like, some people use it as to describe us or describe men. Well, women too, because women go yeah. through, um, women go through what men go through when it's police officers too. Mm-hmm. And it be police officers with the same type of man too. I mean, women, I'm sorry, women. Cause like us women, we don't get normalized when it comes to when a, a black man is getting antagonized by a police officer, which should be the same. It should be even worse because we're women. What? I disagree with that one. Wait, but that's what? okay. What? I don't Did think any, I only say be that because I don't think. I meant to say, like, we should be treated not the same. Not like, you know how they get, oh, so you know how Dell Dell video get posted on Instagram or social media mm-hmm. and they'll stand up for this, for them? Yeah, they, stand, they stood up for Breonna Taylor, too, because what happened to her was, just I see whole what you're attempting to say. Okay. I, yeah. do. I see what you're attempting to say. I'm saying, like, we, how they get noticed, we should get noticed, too. So, I mean. Black men don't step for black women the same way black women step for black men. What? Basically. No. I feel, but I feel like that's. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm trying to say. Based on narrative. No, I'm saying. With a, with a person from male privilege, uh-huh. I will absolutely, without a doubt, say that, that black women get thrown under the bus way too often. Even yeah. with just the damage yeah, that's, that's I, done yeah. to them in the, the the culture. Yeah. That I will say is screwed up. I think where I struggle is we have the positive black males uh-huh. mm-hmm. never get enough credit and there's no avocation for them until they're dead. That's real. For me is the problem. And it's like why do we glorify all of these others who aren't doing right? Why do we allow them to maneuver this way? Mm-hmm but then allow others who are doing right to be put on the same plane. And so that's where I'll just say it's debatable, yeah, yeah. but I will never I will never down because again male privilege. Yeah, that yeah. Um as yeah, far as like the colorism yeah, yeah. thing, I know we've talked about this in BSU where where light complexion is actually uh it's it's not always due to being integrated or mixed race. It's actually mm-hmm. uh, a characteristic trait from Africa as black comes in all shades. Within Virginia, there was actually a point in time where they had the paper bag rule, where if your complexion was the same as or darker than a uh, paper bag, brown paper bag, you were considered black. And they even made a law that pushed forward um, the indigenous there because of their complexion, they were now labeled black, so that laws went against them. As far as me, I personally don't like being called African-American. I've never been to Africa. Um, I am African descent, but I'm 100% black when we're talking about the culture of being stripped from your homeland, from being stripped of your culture, from being stripped of any heritage, from being stripped of identity, from being stripped and then given this place of slavery. And so when we talk about, what is it, uh, 16, 1619? So when we talk about black history, that is the beginning of black. It was created due to white supremacy. It was an, it was an opposition. But as far as like being African descent, I don't, I don't consider that, but I learn from those who are of African heritage, but they are also black. There is a cultural difference. Um, you know, you look in Minnesota, we have our Brooklyn parks where we have people from West Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at our Cedar, Cedar Riverside where we have students from East Africa and their cultures are completely different. And so to, to say that we have a black culture, I will always say we have a black culture, but I will not consider everybody black just because of their complexion culturally. And so that's where I identify and understand all of these um, social platforms and differences of norms and. And I, like, like I said, all of those are great and debatable, and I appreciate you guys sharing and bringing that to the forefront because I think these are discussions that need to be delved deeper into at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a little bit deep. We gotta do more of these. Yeah.
It's all about education and, and follow-through because it's, it's all your narrative. How you perceive it and how you digest it is, is how you express it right. and how you advertise it to other people. Yeah. Truly consider myself black. However, before I learned the differences between black and African American, I would consider myself both, just like you be honest, I consider mm -hmm. myself both. And like, to this, like, now I consider myself black, I do not consider myself African American. However, if someone were to call me like an African American woman, I wouldn't get upset about it because there's still people that don't know the difference. Yeah, right. well, Wayne just said I identify as black only because when I went to a racist middle school and they would use African American as a very negative term, and I don't know the history behind it, so I just said I was black. Know about like Nelson Mandela, the apartheid, like mm -hmm. South Africa. Mm -hmm. South Africa was basically so colonized that if a person moved from South Africa to the United States, they would technically be African American. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's there's multiple differences. There's region of origin. There's ethnicity. There's culture, and then everything along the spectrum. And that's why I feel you when you say like, "Are you African American?" I say, I'm African descent, and if that's how people understand it, then yes, but I'm still black above all. Yeah. On some Killmonger stuff, like I'm not from Wakanda, but y'all my people too, I got right. you too. <laughs> I just right. need to learn more. Yeah. And they're actually, it's, it's crazy, because I feel like they learn more about our culture and yeah. embrace our culture because of how they're treated and how right. style, mm -hmm. look, we got some, some definite, very strong black African uh, American yeah. here. Mhm. <laughs> mhm. Mm mm -hmm. um, okay. So the next question that I'll be asking is, uh, when do you guys think that brands started to try and uh, like sell culture? Because you brought that up, and that's really interesting. Because was it before the protest or after the protest that happened? I don't know. Personally, I feel like it was after because. Like I said, before like the whole George Floyd and the whole mm -hmm. protest and stuff happened last year, like you would not see brands, especially not like brands, brands, but brands as in like uh, Target's not, Target's not a brand, but like corporations, yes. Corporations was not really embracing black people nor black culture before the protest and like everything from last year. I feel like after that, then they started being like, oh yeah, run black people side. Like, no, you're not. Okay, so you mean in a positive light? Yeah. I was going to say, because I feel like they branded it way before, which is why they took away the Aunt Jemima and the Uncle Ben. Yeah, no, they, they definitely profited it off of us negatively. prior. Yeah. Okay, but so like you're saying positive. positive way. Yeah. I mean, Nike's always had the, the Black History Month collection. Yeah, but where they, they don't genuinely use... care about black people. No. They I mean, but at the same time. Racist. Jordan racist. Yo, I'm saying it. I don't care. I'm just confirming that it's, no, it's you're yeah, saying they haven't saying. done it positively. Exactly. They're still profiting, just not positively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when HM said we the smartest uh monkey in the jungle. Right. And when Prada did the black face and exactly. Gucci did the that was just negative. Yeah. And so now that that's been put on light and that's not okay, exactly. now people are just trying to promote positive yeah. mm -hmm. but still profit. Right. Yeah. Does that apply to like even the Black Lives Matter shirts? Because the yeah. owner of the shirt is not black at all. Definitely. And then it was a lot of, let's also talk about how during that time it was a lot of white corporations that was making all these people try to start making Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and I Can't Breathe shirts. Whole time, them was like white corporations that was just profiting off of it. And black folks was just buying it up because what it had on the shirt. Mm -hmm. yeah. But no, them was. I'm sorry, I just had to clarify. No, I definitely see what you were saying. And even if we go, sorry, once again, I'll stop. Even if we go off of like brands and if we go into like television shows, like, um, I don't know what network it is, but the one with like Housewives and um, Housewives, Love and Hip Hop, all of that, like they show black people in a real negative, I was about to cuss again, a real <laughs> negative light, like, you know, they just show like, oh, like here goes a bunch of black women fighting. Here goes a bunch of black women arguing over a baby daddy. Like, why is y'all promoting this stuff? Like, right. black folks is going to watch it, but like, why are y'all, like y'all shouldn't be putting that out on TV. Like, That's misappropriated. Yeah, no, 
So it's, it's there is representation, but it's it's basically fake love. It's to say that you had it. It's the same concept it's of saying so, I, like, have, say, I have well, a black we, friend. Well, we supported yeah. it. We had shirts and stuff okay. and pants and all of this stuff that you could have bought. Tokenizing, and basically. What you said. You know how you how Landry was saying when like corporates would make Black Lives Matter stuff and we would buy it. Mm-hmm. It's basically making corporate looking like, oh, these people really don't know where it's coming from. So we just can sell it. We can sell it and they buy it and boom, it's out of there. So basically, since we didn't know that, well, yeah, since we didn't know that, then it's looking like, oh, so when corporate was selling these things, it ma- it was making us look dumb because they selling things that they wasn't even standing for it until they probably the not even day, standing for it. Off, at the end of the day, it's still putting money into their pocket. Exactly. Regardless that's what I'm saying. Like, like it's so, so, I mean, like, that's okay. The NFL, for one, is, is major on this. Roger Goodell was one of the people who uh, demonized, allowed um, the comments about Kaepernick protesting, even though he was legally protesting, even though mm-hmm. the military supported him in his protest and said, we fight for the right. They always push the narrative of disrespecting the troops. And Drew Brees went through that um, right before the beginning of this football season where he stood so strong about the troops um, that he was very disrespectful to those black people and did not know it. And so is there ignorance or is this just another ploy? So how do we measure like tangibility of people who actually care versus actions? Because if they didn't have a black section at all, obviously we'd be mad. No equity, right? We do have one. Is there equity because they have it? Uh, a racist person could put on an anti-racism sweater and still, you know, call you out of your name, or still uh, implicit—excuse uh, me—and still utilize implicit biases and benefit from a system without advocating for their their black counterparts. Does that mean that they're anti-racist? To me, no. That just means you just don't want to be demonized by society. It's a new mask. Mm-hmm. If we comment on black issues, if we comment on women's issues, at least we're not negative towards them. But right. in black history, if you don't advocate for, then you are complying. And so I think I heard you guys say this earlier where it's like, what are you tangibly doing? We're just saying there's no tangibility because wealth distribution is still screwed up, especially exactly. for women and especially for black people. So, is that our fault, or like what, how do you, because there's always going to be two sides to the story. Okay. Good question. I said a lot. Yeah. You, got, you had the process? The, <laughs> <clears throat> the process, okay. So I hear this all the time, and I, I agree with the fact of these companies are only doing it to stay in the positive of what society agrees with. Muhammad Ali was one of the most hated people ever for talking about going against not going to war, for changing his name, for his religion. When he died, everybody tried to act like they loved him. Martin Luther King was one of the most hated men in this country at the time, but later it was positive because they found a narrative that worked, but they will not talk about how Martin Luther King said, I believe I led my people into a burning building. They'll only keep the side that's positive that works for that narrative. And so instead of waiting for the narrative of somebody taking offense, well, if we do something and give black people representation, they're still mad. To have that narrative, what I'm saying is, how do we make sure that there's tangibility so that there isn't tokenism? Because for me, changing the name of the the Washington uh, Redskins to the Washington football team taking away statues, Aunt Jemima, uh, Uncle Ben, um, even talking about black issues does not change the underlying circumstances. It doesn't change wealth distribution. And as we're talking about, they're still making money mm-hmm. off of it. Does that money go back into black communities? Does that money go into pockets mm-hmm. of people? Um, black culture, not only, but even indigenous culture has been used as things like Halloween costumes and decoration. Oh, yeah. Does any of that portion of that money go to appropriation of you know the people 
the communities who do that? And if the answer is still no, then what tangibility do we have? Yes, we have representation, but it's just a faceplate. Yeah. So, so I'm asking, like, for you guys, what is good enough? What does that look like? That's a good question. I mean, like when I said earlier, we shouldn't settle for less. Like you said, well, we gave them the section in the store, but where is that section going to go when everything dies down? Like, when everybody stops talking about everything that's going on, you're, you're not going to keep selling it because now nobody's really talking about it. I don't even think it's like the principle of the section. I think it's more so like, yeah, we have this section, we have this representation. However, within our communities, like we still struggling with, you know, like Mark, like Mark said, wealth distribution and like so on and so on. Like, it's almost like saying, yeah, we have Black History Month, but English is a core class. American history is a core class. Exactly. And then they still not even give you that section within your textbook from a positive standpoint. Right. For sure. Um, I think that that becomes a struggle of appropriation and just on the wealth distribution part, like that's a cause of most problems. Like in this country, yeah. you're demonized for being poor. Everybody wants to talk about the troops. We don't talk about how the troops get disrespected, how the troops' mental health is demonize how they're mm -hmm. homeless how a lot of them don't get their VA bills because they have to jump through so many hoops mm -hmm. if, if these are the people who have given their life for this country and that's how they're treated imagine a black soldier right. when all the demographics are you know screwed up based on complexion the darker you are the worse it is so why what I was hoping is is investing and divesting when things benefit you, you invest. When mm -hmm. things do not benefit you, divest. You take the money that you would usually divest, and if there are white people selling things and they only have a section for you, why not go to a store that's made by your people? For sure. They have a black-owned uh, section on DoorDash. Guess how many restaurants are on there? One. Are you One. serious? <laughs> So, like, little things like that. And this yeah. is why uh, I'm still one of the people who be like, black people, stop wearing Gucci. For real. Hold on. Why are you arguing to wear it if it doesn't benefit you? Exactly. It's not even about can you wear it, can you afford right. it. They don't even like us. Hold on. It doesn't even matter if they did like you. If they're not giving back into your community, why would you invest in them? That's real. And so that's mm -hmm. kind of where I look at it, and that's my standpoint, but I don't. I, mean, I want I to hear from y'all. Yeah, I definitely think that. Because the, the, the thing is, they always separate histories mm -hmm. or classes that you have to take. Uh -huh. Like, if uh -huh. you have to take a class, you have to take, like Mark said, a core class for American history. But if you want to, for example, at like colleges, you have to sign up. And they're not even required classes. Yeah. It's like learning about other histories, uh, Chicano history studies, yeah. and stuff like that, for example. So I think that's what sucks. It's not required, and then you have to pay extra for that class, and it doesn't benefit you in any way. Gotcha. And then at high schools, they don't teach it. And if they do, it's, it's like, elective. yeah, it's an elective, and it's so frustrating. Mm -hmm. Honestly, we went through an entire civil rights movement. We got a black president, and everybody believed racism wasn't existed, even <laughs> though like statistics shown the disparities. Do you think we're hypersensitive then? Are we just looking for something to be mad at? If we is, we got a reason to be mad. What she said. So, speak on it. <laughs> so, that's all I was saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I hear a lot of people say that's, like, the thing that um, people are, like, black people are always looking for a reason to be mad, but it's not even that. Right. It's like, people, like, you have a reason mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. history has proven that it's always against people of color, like, in general. So, I don't too. think it's hypersensitivity. It's like, you right. have, you, there's president. We're tired, honestly. Yeah. That's real. <laughs> right. I'm only asking for the people who say that. Like, what is your response to it? If narratives okay. always only benefit one demographic, that is supremacy. How is that? How so can you see? <laughs> even in accreditation, depending on who says it, 
it becomes accredited. Mm -hmm. When a white person goes, well, they're just always mad. And another white person with privilege gets to say, you know what, they are always mad. Well, now we get to blame, the, hold on, now we get to blame the person and I don't have to accept responsibility of why they're mad. I get to blame the person. And so again, there's no accountability. So for me, even when it's negative stuff, don't hide from it. Show it. Highlight it. That's like that's like mm -hmm. people saying, um, that's like when people say, I'm sorry you feel that way. Right. Like you're not sorry <laughs> for your actions. You just uh, you just quote unquote sorry. You just because... dismissed everything you felt. Exactly. Like that oh, that's so annoying. And so that's that's where I'm like asking. Because I also do think that it, it is traumatizing mm -hmm. for for you to I mean, even for a black person to turn on the news and you always be the person shot. Yeah. You're always this. You're always that. For real. To not feel like a statistic. I have so many students, especially my males, who really feel like if they don't get a basketball or football scholarship to the block, to the grocery store, like a normal nine to five struggling or selling drugs is all you're left with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Until you decide to rap. <laughs> like... And it ain't for everybody. No, it ain't for everybody. But I'm saying like this. So, so I mean, I, I feel like there has to be a balance. But yeah. at the same time, mm -hmm. what what are we hiding? What's true is true. Even we need to heal from some of the stuff. Like I don't, I I don't get moved by being called out of my name no more. I'm healed from that. Yeah. I've been called a nigga enough in my life to if you say it, I'ma check it. But you can't gaslight me. I'm not gonna fight you over it. I'm not gonna. Like, okay. I'm going to definitely be mad. <laughs> you might get swung on. I might apologize. I'm not sorry, but I might apologize. But I think that that's something that we need to intentionally do because there is a lot of trauma and a lot of things that get triggered throughout all of our cultures. Mm -hmm. um, as white has oppressed every other culture on this planet. Italian wasn't even deemed white at a certain time. Irish was indentured servants and were not treated as white. That's evolved over time, and even still, they're broke and put in competitive situations where they're like considered the black of the white culture. Like, that's messed up too. Right. So I guess the next question I would have for you guys is how do you try to keep true to your identity in like these times where everything's kind of just thrown at you? Um, saying you're either too sensitive or like you're hmm. not enough or stuff like that. So how do you not enough. <laughs> Girl, you got something to say, go say it. Yeah. What's tea? Yeah. Feel it. Me, I never been in a racist like situation before. Mm -hmm. Like by myself where I had to say some say something personally to the person by myself. I never been in one of them situations. Mm -hmm. But I have seen one of them situations from from a bystander, which was the crazy thing is because I really thought this would have never, like, yeah, I know it's this way in the world. I know you never know what's the next move. When you walk in the house, you don't know what you, what can happen mm -hmm. to you when you walk in the house. Walk out the house with us being black. Yeah. Can you even take your questions? Yeah, so how do you, I mean, what do you do or how do you stay true to your identity in these times? I feel like I just always been true to my identity. I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like I never necessarily had to like change my identity. I mean, like if you if you consider like code switching, changing your identity, because I do tend to code switch a lot, like at work and stuff like that. Um, which is actually something I feel like a lot of black people tend to do. Well, yeah. not Mark T work around like black students and stuff like that. I code switch <laughs> in way more codes I mean, than y'all even know I have. You code switch, but like you work with people within your community. So like you don't necessarily need to code switch, code switch. Personally, I'm literally the only black person, more like person of color in my workplace. So like, I feel like I code switch a lot, but like lately I have not, who Lord knows I have not been code switching. I just been letting it all out. Like I've, I've been putting some culture up in that place lately. But um, with all the stuff going on right now, I mean, I'm just me. Like, I don't, I've never felt the need to like be extra me. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I just, I'm just me. I, I represent my culture every day. So for me, it's like most of the time around this time, teachers and staff always reach out to me for some reason. Cause I'm 
Cause I guess they think I'm reliable or whatever, but they like trying to <laughs> like press me to like, oh well, can you teach us about this and can you find students to do this and all of this extra stuff? And I'm just like, I still have to learn the stuff myself. I can't educate you if I haven't educated myself. So mainly around this time, I need to, and uh, every other time, not just around this time, I need to like look back on the facts and stuff because I don't really know what's going on. Like y'all are saying something, I'm just like, what? And I'm just, but that's not, I should know what's going on. But like, they push me more to like, oh, well, can you do this for our black culture stuff? And I'm just like, you should have asked me this four months ago. You know, teachers do do that a lot. And it really, it bugs me. Cause like, I get what you attempting to do Mm -hmm. Especially like when it comes to black students, like in our school, we got like you know the population of black people, like black students is pretty high. But like, I feel like especially if you in a classroom with like you know more like white people than black people, I guess like teachers will really point you out to teach the rest of the students about black history. Like teachers really do that, and I don't know. Like I get what you attempting to do. But, but like you assume. point, you picking the black person out every, like out the whole, you know, student in the classroom. Like yeah. that's that's stupid to me. Don't do that. Yeah. Like it makes no sense to do that. Right. You the teacher. You teaching. Right. I'll correct Facts. you if you messed up. But like <laughs> you teaching. You the teacher. But yeah, I just feel a little bit more like pressure than I usually would to like I have to know stuff so I can tell other people. And it's just like I need to learn it and understand it before I try to you and then because I could if you believe what I'm saying I could be giving you the wrong facts and then somebody else will say something and then you'll antagonize them because you think I'm just right all the time and that's not how it works all you gotta do is say truth to yourself Mm -hmm. because if you don't say truth to yourself then you've been lost your identity before you even walked out the house so the two question is are you true to yourself That's that's my question that's powerful. That's all. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's I love okay. that because that's where I was at. I would I would love to say that that within our BSU group, we do run a lot of situations by we have community conversations about what's acceptable in our group of as a culture and what's just we're not going to deal with. Yeah. And we do hold each other accountable, but we support each other through issues. Um, to the point where I feel like even in our group chat, we'll throw in like a history or we'll throw in something that we learned that day. And it's more about our culture than our complexion. Being black, like, there is no, no, uh, what you said. It's on the spectrum. Like, yeah. you're still black. Yeah. You, can, you can be black and be identified as white. You're still black. You can do a white sport or like, Things don't really have color, but culturally we know where they derive from, and I think that's where people get it, like, locked in. But we do focus a lot about, like, positive imagery. Um, Specifically for our group, we look at at history. And so to know our lineage and know things outside of slavery, I know for one, didn't we watch uh, History of Color, where we looked at, like, Agent Kimmon and... Or did Tisha, Tisha got those? Yeah. But we look at different historical facts that are positive about our culture. So mm-hmm. if we're if we're looking at schools like, man, I hate this place. It's not for black people. Mm-hmm. Okay, we hate these buildings. But mathematicians were actually taught by black people. They were called Moors in history. If you look in history, black people were the first astrologers. And so that is a part of your history. And just understanding like that, then it's more of an embracing culture to me where we like, Psh, yeah, I could do this math test. My ancestors created this instead of a black people aren't smart. This wasn't for me. I can't do it. And so we always have conversations and change the narrative to me. But some days we just blackity black black. Other days we just black. Like you can't change who we are individually. And as black as we are, each one of us don't speak for like every black person. But we advocate as a whole as much as possible. Yeah. I guess just to close off this episode, is there like any ending remarks or any message that you want to let our listeners know? Um, Well, since being in BSU, I learned a lot more than what I would learn in the classroom. 
Mm-hmm. And that sucks because, like I said, educate yourself. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Me. This is my first year at BSU. Mm-hmm. But this is like my 10th year with Mark. So Mark, even though I wasn't in the BSU, even though I didn't have what people had in the BSU and the trips that they took, mm-hmm. Mark still spoke what I needed to hear mm-hmm. about my culture, mm-hmm. some things I didn't know. So I'm not saying, yes, BSU was a great opportunity, but in day, if you got Mark in your ear, <laughs> <laughs> you get in spoke, you get in, you got the truth spoken to you mm-hmm. about your culture. Yeah. I appreciate you, but I also apologize. My job was to present information, which is why even when I'm advocating for, I will play devil's advocate to make sure that you're sure and you stand on whatever it is, no matter what I say, because it's not about me. So I just be asking opinions, dang. (laughs) And then he's not like a teacher. He's not going to tell you why, why, why. We were just talking about this earlier. He's not going to tell you why, why you think this, or why you think that. He's going to give you actual questions that you need to answer to get to your conclusion. Yeah. Conclusion. Because I said answer too much in my sentence. It's called setting you up for success and not failure. Exactly. And that's what half of of the teachers in Minneapolis Public School, yes, I'm coming for all y'all. Because y'all set us up for failure. Oh, God. And that's yeah. what y'all doing wrong. Don't take it no kind of way. Yes, you probably got a good personality, Tough. but you're not doing your job right. Okay. Yes. And why you got hired Preach. for this job. Because if your kid's not walking out your classroom with a B or A, then you doing something wrong. If they ain't walking out with an A, you doing something wrong. Or a pet, yeah. Or they lazy. One of the two. <laughs> One of the two. Something like that. And if you feel like the kids doing too much in your class, then leave. Right. So growth, growth and like accountability? What? Are we just talking about growth and accountability? <laughs> we talk about the Minneapolis Public School teachers oh, in the in the okay. building that's, that's on Broadway. That's in Minneapolis. Okay. Minneapolis. She said in the building. That's in Minneapolis, Because <laughs> if we're not set up to graduate. <laughs> what I'm doing right now is I'm actually trying to copyright that curriculum so that we can teach that type of dialogue from people. It's, it's something that has not been able to be uh, reciprocated through basically privilege. Mm-hmm. The only people who don't have privilege who have been able to reciprocate are you guys. Literally. And so instead of trying to fix adults, I just would rather set up young people for success. Because who but, said that quote? Who? I forgot his name, but he said it. Something like it's better to build strong children than to fix broken men. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, um, and that's why I work with yeah. young people. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I, I am working on some of the intellectual property things that, that you guys even point out to me to make sure that I can advocate for you on another platform and teach people how to do better. So that's real. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. actually will be surprised. There's a handful of teachers who they, wrong. No. 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 What I'm saying, they don't y'all like, wrong. I don't care what Mark got to They don't say. like the system they're in either. That's real. And exactly. Know. It's not. It's probably not even the teachers, but y'all teachers got a part in it. I don't care what y'all got to say. No, everybody got a part. Right. Everybody <laughs> plays a part in it. Pam, I got a part. But it start with your boss and whoever the next boss is. It start well, with them. Wrote the yeah, whoever wrote them books. Y'all wrong. They're very old too. Man, we finna exactly. They're so outdated. Literally. So what's going on? If they so outdated, why y'all not changing them and making them updated? Please well, tell me. I mean, the I systems are behind <laughs> our That's real. I mean, like twelve twenty, and we all the way in twenty twenty one. We need to learn stuff a little bit more. I keep saying those are the two things that I would rather us march for. If we're gonna march for anything, I want education reform and I want wealth distribution. You can hate me because I'm black every single day until your lineage dies. But if I have the resources, you have white students who sit at the same table with you but relate with you more than they do their own parents. So when their parents die off, their their relationship with you as a black person is going to make their kids have a better relationship 
because they're not going to be sheltered from black people. Racism will die as we teach it. Mm-hmm. Right now, again, the the way that we learn, to me, is more about conforming. If you can conform, then you're right. And conforming to something that is from a white male narrative and doesn't benefit any other demographic, to me, is the problem. And so I work on critical thinking. But as you guys get older, y'all kids probably going to be some revolutionaries the way you thinking, like, so to close off, um, do you guys want to highlight any black creators, black business owners, uh, shops? Uh, me. Um, I'm a black creator. I'm a freaking dope ass sorry. Like a legend. Like, I'm, yes. I'm too cold with it, you know? Like me. Like I'm the creator. I'm the owner. I'm the this, that. Yeah. Glenn actually did do the uh, project with me on the north side through the uh, music camp. Oh. Ooh, so she just did some philanthropy. <laughs> me and Kayla, I don't even know her name. Kayla, me and Kiviana and Kayla, we are upcoming entrepreneurs. We are starting our own business. We're selling necklaces, t-shirts, and hoodies. Okay, how are we supposed to do this? How are we supposed to promote our business if don't nobody? How are we supposed to sell our business if don't nobody? This is a commercial. Okay, it's getting made. It's in the making. It's gonna be here by mid March. I wanted to be here, but. Look, COVID is crazy right now. No, definitely buy their hoodies and their hats and their necklaces and stuff and everything that they about to be selling. What's your Instagram? You ain't giving my Instagram. Follow her at uh, K-A-Y-Y underscore D-I-O-R-R or something like that. I think that's still her username. It's probably not no more. But they going to be selling hoodies and stuff, you know, so buy black, you know. Oh, can we talk about one more subject? Yes. Go for it. Can we? Okay, this is just, this is going to be in the commercial too. Um, all our black, all our black uh, business owners, we love y'all and we is trying to support y'all. But I need y'all to work on customer service. That's all. That's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for joining us. Um, I really appreciate to have you here. I had so much fun hearing your experience. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thanks for inviting and us. We hope yes. to have a future episode where we can have. And if you, you have suggestions, feel free to like let us know. If yes, you want to be yes. featured on it, if you want to come back again, I'm coming back. Oh, you better invite me back. Sure. Yes. Do you have somewhere we can follow, where people can follow you at? Um. Let's see. What y'all want? I don't get on Twitter like that. Instagram. 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 My Instagram is Landry underscore Lottie. That's L-A-N-D-R-E-I underscore L-A-T-I. Make sure y'all follow me. Um, I might follow you back if your shit not boring, but yeah, follow me. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank Bye. you so much. Thank you. And that's the end of the podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes that are coming out. And we're going to be back on How We View It. Make sure you stay tuned on the next episode of How We View It. I'll better be the outro.